Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself. And for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Hello and welcome to Tender Loving Care with your host myself Pauline and my darling Kate. Every week Kate and I break down a show from the TRC network, the name of the network that I believe for the longest time stood for Tender Loving Care. When I found out that it actually stood for the Learning Channel and I saw the types of shows that are on that channel, my deep confusion bred this podcast. Each week Kate and I will randomly select a show to cover for the next episode by spinning a beautiful wheel of shame which has only the trashiest of trash, TLC and Discovery Plus shows that we will be studying. Hi, Kate. Hello. I've decided, Kate, I'm taking out trashiest of trash. These are trash shows. So, I mean, when when we do get to shows where they are, you know, eating like mattresses and stuff, that could be classified as trash. But, you know, something like the show we're going to cover today, It's not trash, Kate. No, it was not. It was a very intriguing documentary almost. And spooky as well. So we, I, you know, I am very grateful that you and I have, have, have been very steadfast that this month of October, we have been doing only spooky shows. We're doing a lot of spooky shows. Yeah, we've very much kept on theme. I'm impressed with it. Yeah. (laughs) And I do want to, and on that, I do want to just say thank you to everyone that watched, um, subscribed, listened to, shared all of that and got in touch with us about our latest episode that we released on Friday, um, where we interviewed Renee Watt, psychic medium and witch um and also sister wives lover it was such a good show we kind of broke down so many things about sister wives with renee and then she gave us 
a breakdown of the um, star signs, astrological signs of Cody and the gals. So it was such a good episode. We had some people reach out um, just to say, you know, talk about the show. And some people actually asked us about, we'd referenced when we did the show with Renee, the breaking news that got Kate and I a lot of publicity in the podcast, a lot of publicity. The beginning of this year, uh, we had received some really big insider info about Sister Wives about this season. And we got some um, messages from listeners asking about where they could find that particular episode. So Kate and I re-released it. So last week, Kate, I think we released like seven episodes last week. (laughs) We did. Uh, It was a lot of content for you guys, but it was important because we had a lot of sister wives things to share. It's important work that we do. Never forget important work. Um, Speaking of important work, Kate, I realized that I don't think we have spoken to the listeners before we get in to Paranormal Emergency, our show this week, that we haven't really spoken to the listeners about our YouTube channel. Do you want to kind of, I mean, some of you are watching us right now on YouTube, but otherwise for our listeners, do you kind of want to talk to them about it? Yeah. So um, I have been uploading our episodes, the video version. Uh, Polly and I upgraded our camera situation a little bit. So it's a better viewing experience. And you can search for us on YouTube, Tender Love and Care Podcast, um, and you'll find our channel. You'll recognize the branding. It looks just like our podcast cover on all the, you know, Spotify and everything. And on there, you can actually watch us talk about these shows. So you can see all of our (laughs) beautiful facial expressions as we roll our eyes at 90 day fiance people and things like that. So go check it out, subscribe, all that good stuff and enjoy. (laughs) Yeah. We're going to have a lot of stuff coming up on YouTube. It's just nice to have another way to interact with people. So please like, watch, comment, things like that. And, um, on YouTube, it's going to be nice because we're going to get the opportunity to do live stuff on YouTube as well. So be sure that you um, sign up and hit the bell to, it's not all the YouTubers say, they say, come on, hit that, hit the bell. or hit the. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. We'll all become YouTubers soon enough. Don't worry, guys, soon enough. But just do all of that stuff. Um, yes. In the meantime, Kate, why don't you talk about our show this week? Yes. So as Polly said, our shows this month have all been spooky for October and this was no exception. We got from the wheel of shame last week, a show called paranormal emergency came out in 2019. There's one season so far. This is how they describe it on discovery plus. Police officers, paramedics, and other first responders reveal their true life encounters with the paranormal while on duty. Now, I already knew this was going to be some reenactment, which love. Kate and I always love a reenactment. TLC reenactments are the best. Um, we, I kind of went through them to pick one that I thought was going to be really good. Um, I didn't feel, Kate, that I wanted to do UFOs because I wanted to do with Spooky Season, even though UFOs are spooky for some people, I wanted it to be ghosts after death, you know, poltergeists. I wanted that kind of vibe. So I picked of season one, episode seven, entitled The Devil Can Do Bad Things. So... 
it kind of bre- it breaks down a couple of different instances um, or accounts in each episode. So we had three in this one, two of them in Pennsylvania, by the way. I know. I was like, is this a Pennsylvania based show? That's what I was like, is this just going to be all paranormal stuff from Pennsylvania? I mean, the alliteration I love, but I just didn't know. It was so strange. Um, so we got three, three accounts here of what happened. So I went into this thinking it this show could be an absolute disaster if it is just going to be all reenactments. And it's like, go back to something like an epic show, like Finding Bigfoot, when it's just a constant, did you see that? Did you hear this? But Kate, I was pleasantly surprised. I was too. When we watch these reenactment shows, guys, it's like, we never know how goofy it's going to be or how serious it's going to be because mm-hmm. it really there's a range. It's like, we watched a show. Um, my fat sent me to the ER and outstanding, outstanding, outstanding programming. <laughs> but it was on the goofy side, even when it was really scary things that happened, it was very, the music and the accounts of everyone was laughing about what happened to them. And so I wasn't sure if it was going to be silly, serious. It was pretty serious and it was very interesting and spooky. It really was a spooky show. Yeah. Um, So the first one takes place in Scranton, Pennsylvania, which most people know, obviously, for The Office, which, of course, The Office is known in America because of Ricky Gervais and Stephen Merchant. Ricky Gervais being from Reading in England, who wrote the original Office, just to put it in there, obviously, every time. It's also the hometown of Joe Biden, I will say. Uh, secondary, <laughs> secondary to any relation to Ricky Jarvis. But there we go. Um, the good one. Thank you for that political input, Kate. I do appreciate yes. that. Yes. Um. So we meet Riley Black, who is or was a paramedic. Yeah, this was this sent a little shiver down my spine. This one. So Riley is talking to us about um, this was in two thousand and two. She's retired now. Uh, she's a woman that's probably only in her forties, but we find out what she retired to become, which was equally as interesting. Um, the first couple of lines of her introduction. So what we have is we have the reenactment, and then we have the uh, one-on-one interviews with them. Um, but the first couple of lines, I was like, ooh. She, she was like, yeah, you know, it's very hard. Some of the things we see as paramedics are incredibly hard. So we distance ourselves and, uh, you know, quote, try to laugh it off. Riley, I I don't know if that's exactly what I'd want to hear if my loved one was just in a horrific accident. But whatever you need to do, Riles, whatever you need to do, Riles. Um, talks about Scranton a little bit. And she says, you know, we were doing the downtown area and you're driving around. And I mean, first of all, I will say that I had no idea about that. And and if you're a listener and you are a paramedic or EMS, I know there is a differentiation between them, I believe. Um, It may be paramedic and something else. I'm sorry, I'm sounding really uneducated here on this. But I, I want to mention it because I had spoken to somebody who was a they called them they worked EMS I think and but they weren't a paramedic and they dealt with I mean they were doing 24-hour shifts um, obviously dealing with very traumatic things going into people's homes car accidents really really terrible things and they are paid pennies I couldn't believe it this person I was talking to also had a job at Starbucks 
She was like, I have to work at Starbucks um, oh. to make my rent and to um, to help with university. But they were they were going out to emergency situations, but they needed a second job. I thought that was really shocking. That is shocking. I just looked it up so we can um, set the yeah, record. So EMTs are entry-level EMS workers trained to provide basic life support of patients, and they work alongside paramedics in emergency situations. EMTs can give, wow. C- can give uh, CPR, administer glucose for diabetic patients, give oxygen, bandage wounds, and assist. Paramedics are the ones doing more advanced procedures. So it's like EMT, awesome. EMS, paramedic. Got it. So it was an yeah. EMT that I was speaking to. And I was just, I was really flabbergasted when she told me. And she yeah. said, yeah, the whole training took like six weeks. Um, it was, I don't know. It was very, and they worked so hard. Anyway, Riley was paramedic. Yeah. And it's 2002. And she said we were working downtown and, you know, shifts are crazy. It was middle of the night. It was about 1.30 and they, they pulled over and her colleague said, I'm going to go and get some coffees. You hang out here. And she said, I went to go make a phone call outside of the van, outside of the truck. Uh, yeah. And um, she said, I was outside making a phone call and I looked up and there was a bar that was kind of nearby. And it was a, it was known to be a really sketchy bar. There was gang violence there. Um, she, and she said, if you're looking for trouble in Scranton, that's where you're going to find it. I liked that line a lot, Kate. I did too. I I wonder if maybe there's a writer on set who's like kind of punching up their. <laughs> well, I didn't want to. I didn't want to admit it here, but I I am very proud to put that on my resume. Um, so she said she's making a phone call, and she starts to see at this bar there's just this fight that starts breaking out, and she says it it all happened so quickly that it became like a brawl, a full on brawl. Men were coming out, women were coming out, and they were just fighting each other and then someone pulled out a gun and she said the way it was kind of shown in that um that this man shot another man then went over and shot him again in the head it was really violent so she said it was so intense the gunfire that she could hear the bullets going by so she ran behind her truck a paramedic truck and was just she could hear the, the bullets hitting like the walls and the establishment. It was really frightening. So she said, I didn't want to get hit. The guy was shot. I think it kind of dispersed. She grabbed her thing. She goes, you have tunnel vision. And I just ran to go and help him. So she said, I knew with a head injury that it was minutes. Right. Or maybe less than minutes. It was, it was vital for me to get in there. She said, so I started doing CPR on him. She said, I was practically on top of him on his chest. And... She explains that, you know, people were all standing around because people had come out, heard the guns, there's people spilling out of this pub. And she said it was people were screaming at me, you know, fix him, do this, do this, what's going on, all of this stuff, all this noise. And she said, you know, just let, let me get on with my job, let me do my job. She said, and then it was as though a needle on a record, like, was lifted off. And everything just went dead silent, completely silent. And she's working on this man and she looks up and there's people surrounding her and the body. 
And between their legs, she sees on the ground, on all fours, like an animal, the man that she's working on, just staring at her. And she, it, she's, and this is like shivers down her spine. And she says, I couldn't understand what I was looking at. I was thinking, is this a twin? But he was on all fours staring at her. And she said it was, he was looking at me and I was staring at him and then staring at the body. And I looked back at the body and the body's eyes were wide open. And when I'd started working on him after I'd been shot, they were closed. But I was looking at this figure in front of me as clearly as this person that I was working on was looking at me. And he was on all fours, staring at me as though he was trying to understand what was happening. He didn't understand that he died. That's what her perception was of this. And she said, and I'm working on him and working on him and I'm staring at this figure. And I don't know, I can't understand what's going on. And then her partner comes in with um, the um, fibrillator and she says, then it was as though the needle was put back on the record again and the music all started up and he vanished and the man was pronounced dead. Right. I mean, that is something. And she made such a good point. She said, it's when you go through something, a paranormal experience, and especially in her line of work and how that happened, she says, I would be so quickly dismissed. You just saw a very traumatic incident. You saw a man get shot in the head. You were a victim of like gunfire. You saw this brawl break out. You're a paramedic under a massive amount of stress. You've probably seen too much and you need a break. She said, so I I, I didn't tell anyone because nobody would believe me. But she says, I know as clearly as I'm here today that he was staring at me as I was trying to bring him back to life, but he died. It was wild. And this incident then uh, led to her leaving the medical field completely. And she became a spiritual healer after that. That came out of left field. Right. Because it said retired and she said, I left it. And you just think, oh, okay. But she left it to, but yeah, like you say, to become a spiritual healer. She says, I deal with people that have gone through situations like this. And um, she says, I, I thank him because he helped me kind of see this different side and has led me to what I do now. I mean, it was wild. It completely changed the course of her life. And I can imagine that when she was still working that job after that, she probably just never knew when something, you know, now that that floodgate had been opened, she probably was always wondering, like, is something else going to happen? And so she wanted to be working in the spiritual realm with people so that she didn't have to hide it or, you know, not talk about it. It's um, true. But yeah. Some, when you see something so clearly that you cannot explain, it changes everything it changes your life you don't you will never witness or observe things the same way again because it's as though you are given a knowledge you are given a a book a new fresh book of rules of what life is so you can never go back again and that was definitely the case with her um 
really interesting. That gave me a shiver. That gave me a shiver. Yeah, that was a really sad and powerful story. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, so moving on to the second story yes. that we're told. Do the so next this, one, Kate. This is also in Pennsylvania, as we said, uh, St- Stroudsburg or something. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a small yet lively town, and we meet a police sergeant, uh, Walbert. And he tells this story about how it was earlier in his career. It was in 1983. Um, Him and his partner got called to a house um, because there were a bunch of water leaks going on. Um, So they get into the house. The husband and wife are there and they're like, none of the pipes, all the, all this leaking stuff is happening in the front of the house. And they explain that there are no pipes up there all the pipe is in all the pipes are in the back of the house where you know the bathrooms are and everything and it just doesn't make any sense and uh they're really confused obviously they like inspect the house and try to find a reason why this would be happening they can't figure it out and not only that the water droplets are not only falling in the usual way that you observe that they are also moving horizontally through the air as if they're on a taut line, uh, like a bullet moving through the air, but it's water droplets mm-hmm. and they have no idea what's going on. Yeah. I mean, they, these two police officers said that you would watch, you know, they went to this couple in this house who were completely distraught. They were saying there's, there's water leaking. They said, fine. Well, it's, you know, it's, pipe burst there's no pipes in the ceiling okay well it's coming in from somewhere it's just leak it's just dropping on us from the ceiling then they just turn around and they see a water droplet in front of them just stop mid-air and then move horizontally and when you see something like that you can't you can't you're watching something that defies physics and science and you can't really understand what's taking place so these two very seasoned officers were just thinking this this can't be happening and then Kate they noticed someone else in the room yes it is not just this couple that's in the room they look over and kind of follow the line of where the water is going and there's a man sitting on the couch across the room and he's staring off into space And they're kind of like, who's that? And the couple says that this is their friend who is actually on furlough from prison uh, for his grandfather's funeral. And um, so they are letting him stay with them while he, you know, attends the funeral. And uh, so they go over there and they said he was almost in a trance. He's really out of it. And um, he is saying that it's his grandpa who is causing this water and yeah they're kind of just like okay uh well we'll go tell the police chief about this but there's really there's no criminal activity going on here there's not much we can do yeah so they leave Mm -hmm. and uh the chief says he agrees he's like well it's not a police matter so we're not gonna make a deal of it like let's move on Mm-hmm. So then later that night in the wee hours of the morning, uh, the couple calls the police station freaking out and they want the same officer to come back. And mm-hmm. 
They say there's a lot more stuff going on and they need help. And so the same police officers, they go back and they are told that their visitor, this man named Don is, he was washing his hands in the bathroom and they hear this big crash and something had hit him and knocked him against the wall. And when they went into the bathroom to see if he was okay, he had scratches on his face and on the back of his hand. Um, and he was saying it was his grandpa that did it. And then they witnessed him apparently levitate off the ground and then get thrown across the room by something they could not see. Yeah. In the market for investment-worthy bags, watches, and fine jewelry, Rebag is the answer. Rebag is a luxury resale platform where each piece is carefully inspected by experts to ensure quality and authenticity. Use Rebag to buy and sell finds from the world's top brands, including Louis Vuitton, Chanel, and Cartier. Head to Rebag.com to get 5% off your first purchase with code REBAGNEW. Shop today at Rebag.com. That's R-E-B-A-G.com. And use promo code REBAGNEW for 5% off your first purchase. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volur XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Yeah. It's, they also revealed that this man, his name's Don Decker, had a very bad... Um, relationship with his father a grandfather that had that he was out for this funeral he said that the grandfather was um supposedly very abusive and had abused his grandson and they said that that don had he'd been in county jail it wasn't prison it was oh, county right. jail yeah right. so it wasn't right. as extreme and it was just for it was for receiving stolen goods Right. which probably now I doubt they'd even put you in prison for or jail for, but then they did. Um, so he was released and it. they said that they watched, they saw the scratches on his face. They levitated. He was thrown back across his bathroom. Um, and then the, the, the rain, the water was still coming in, in this living room. They go downstairs and the, fee, the female of this couple decided something has to happen. So she grabs the Bible and she starts a semi um, kind of exorcism or doing something to protect themselves. And so she starts reading from the Bible and the rain was pelting. But these officers are saying the rain was pelting directly onto the Bible, that it was making noises as it touched the Bible. So I'm watching this, Kate, and I'm thinking, I know this story. 
And it was going on and on. And I was like, I know this story. So to conclude it, essentially they are, they keep, they keep repeating these things. And I think something happened with her while she's reading from the Bible, right? Um, I just have written down that she was like getting pelted really hard by the yeah. water. It was like targeting her. And yeah. they, they asked the officers, what should we do? And the officers said, get the hell out of here, <laughs> like leave. And they're like, no, we can't leave Don, you know? And so they stay there with him and he returns to jail the next morning and all of the supernatural activity ceased at the house. But then it starts happening at the jail where he is now. And they have a priest perform an exorcism on him at the jail. Yeah. And then that apparently made uh, his grandfather's, sorry, his grandfather's spirit uh, leave. Yeah. And I, so I watch all of this and I said, I'm thinking, I definitely know this case. I know this story. So I do some research and I realize I had a rich, if you guys are listening to this, you may have heard of this as well. I, it was originally, I knew this from um, Unsolved Mysteries, classic, amazing TV show, American TV show that ran through, I think, 80s, 90s, something like that. Um, it, I remember hearing about this on her. So I start um, just Googling some stories about it. And Don Decker was, this whole incident was apparently one of the most well-reported poltergeist instances in American history because they had so many police officers and people that weren't involved backing up exactly what happened that could never be explained. And this article, Meet Don Decker, the US man who could make it rain wherever he went in the 1980s. It happened to him a lot. And this grandfather was supposedly a very dark entity. And Don claims that he had been very abusive towards him. And Don was released from the, from county jail for this funeral. And there was a lot of agitation around Don because people were expressing all this sympathy for this man that Don knew was very, very unwell and had done something very evil to him. Um, but he, the, the grandfather was named James James Kisher, Kisher, I think that's how it's pronounced. I don't know how to pronounce that properly. Um, and he was abused at the hands of his uh, of his grandfather as a child. He was released for the funeral, um, and it went on. I mean, he all of this has been reported numerous times. If you Google Don Deck, you'll see it. It's all over. There were deep claw marks all in his forearm. The police saw all of this. The police stood and witnessed all of this inexplicable water falling the jail it, he went to jail and he was sat in a jail cell and it was pouring from the jail cell on top of him it's it really really is an a very very strange strange circumstance there's also an incident with the crucifix they get a crucifix out so this was a big like catholic area and they get a crucifix out for him and it was burning on him i mean it it so many things happened to this guy that he was very, very well known. He's still alive today. Um, but go and Google it, Don Decker. It was one of the most um, highly publicized poltergeist cases in America. Wow. I'm so glad that they called the police just to have someone there to witness this. And, Absolutely. you know, because now there's no one that can say they're just making it all up. And mm -hmm. well, 
plus the fact that when he left, it was still happening wherever he went. But yeah, that is, that is wild. Wow. I know. It was really crazy. So we get one more story mm-hmm. and luck. we leave Pennsylvania. We leave Pennsylvania yeah. and we go over to the other side of the country, come to Fairfield, California. And this is to deal with a coroner. So we meet John Prink, who is a coroner. Now, this has always really, really confused me. And I had to Google to understand what I was talking about. Coroners, as far as I knew, a coroner is not a pathologist, but a coroner is somebody that will deal with the body of a deceased person, bring them to the morgue um, and help I believe, assist in um, autopsies, assist in um, moving the body and assessing uh, time of death, uh, nature of death, um, reporting from the crime scene, and a lot of biological and chemistry kind of based functions and reasoning to explain the death. And John Prink starts by explaining, oh, I was a cop and I became a coroner. And I'm like, I thought coroners were MDs. So I go on to Google a coroner and it is very bizarre how you can become a coroner in this country. It differs from state to state, but you do not have to have any medical background to become a coroner. You can be elected as a coroner in some counties. And that's obviously what happened with John Prink. It can be somebody that is like that, like a small town and it's a police officer and you get elected as the coroner. And it means you go out to accident sites, to sites of of deaths with um, uh, unexplained deaths and you assist and analyze the, the body, you analyze the death scene and you bring the body to the morgue. I personally was so shocked by that. You don't need a, a um, in some cases, not all, in some cases, you don't even need a degree to be somebody that would be a coroner. It was, it was crazy for me anyway. Very that strange. Is, that is surprising. I was wondering about his position because he said it was coroner investigator. And yeah. I thought, and I thought, how does one get into that? So that's, yeah. that's I mean, he's shocking. not performing an autopsy or a medical examination, but he is dealing with see crime scenes yep but he doesn't have a background well I mean he has a anyway I, that was just a side note that I was really interested by so he said he was on call and it was at 3 a.m the witching hour and um he was called to a scene of a deadly car accident because it was an area in California where a lot of people commute and work into San Francisco and Sacramento so there was a lot of car crashes unfortunately so he gets called to this the site of a deadly car accident. Um, the car was completely totaled, he said, and the man behind the me- wheel was deceased. He had massive head trauma. He had trauma in his torso. And so it was his job to deliver the body back to the morgue, um, tag and bag, he says. Um, so you, you know, put tags on them, you get the body back to the morgue. And then he says the final thing is you get, you take off all their personal belongings. I mean, it's so traumatic just to think of dealing with something like this. So you get rid of all of that. By the way, once again, he's dealing with the body where there could have been a crime committed. I don't know. I find it all really strange that a coroner can just be someone elected. Anyway, takes up all the personal belongings. He goes, and then the worst part of it, 
is that we have to notify the next of kin. So <clears throat> he said he called the family and as soon as he put the phone down, he says, you just felt, I felt something in the room. And he said, he explained it in a manner that that we can all understand that doesn't necessarily have to be paranormal. It's like when we, when you're you're in a you're at a coffee shop and someone walks up behind you, you feel it. It's just an extra sensory that we have that you feel someone around you. And he was completely alone. He says it was you know three, four, five o'clock in the morning, and it it's like a museum there. There's nobody there. And he says I felt someone standing beside me. So I got up. He said, and then I was being watched. You just feel it. You know someone was watching you. Then he went down the corridor and in past the door that had a big window in it into the room where this body was. And he said he came face to face and was staring at an apparition. And it was a six six foot plus apparition. And he said, I was just staring at him. And he was staring back at me. And he says, in your head, you're trying to rationalize what's going on. It's my reflection in the window that I'm seeing. That's what I'm seeing right now. But you stare harder and it isn't you. And he said, it was the man that I had just brought in. And he was stood there staring at me. He says, so I open the door and I go in and I take down the zipper of the bag that the body was contained in. And I check that this man's dead. And he absolutely was dead. And I'm sure he hightailed it out of there. But it, it, he says it's just a case of seeing something that your brain is trying to, you're, you're going through everything in these mini seconds of just trying to think, no, it's because this is what I'm saying. No, this is what I'm saying. No, this is what I'm, no, this is, and it's not what you're seeing. You're, he says it couldn't be explained. I was staring at a mat, an apparition of someone that had just come in that was deceased. And it, and he says, I believe that when there's a sudden death, they don't have, you, you don't realize you've passed. And he says, I think a lot of spirits present themselves to try and understand well, where did I go? I was just alive. Where am I now? And I think they seek that help from the living. And that's what he thinks he, ex- he experienced that night. Oh, I have goosebumps all over my body. Um, yeah, it's, it's something that he said they have no training for these paranormal experiences. And he said that he'd heard from some of his colleagues about stuff like this happening. And, um, I'm sure there are so many stories. If anyone listening has worked in this role and has stories, please reach out, um, tenderlovingcarepod.com. We would love to hear from you guys. You can, yeah. Instagram tenderlovingcarepodcast. Um, or email us at tenderlovingcarepod at gmail.com. I would love to hear your stories. I'm sure there's, there are many, Mm. uh, but yeah, that, that made me so sad what he said, uh, about the idea that the spirits are confused or they don't feel ready to go. And so they're looking to you and, oh, it's just so sad. It makes so much sense. I mean, these sudden deaths, they, you're, you're here 
and a second, a split second of something that can happen, whether a building collapses, a, a earthquake takes place, a car hits you, it's over. It's done in a second. And then if you believe what he was saying and you believe in the afterlife and you believe in your spirit continuing, your spirit is there and it's been transformed and taken out of the body and you don't have a minute to understand whatever happened to you. You can't just go back to your human life again. You're gone. It's deeply, deeply troubling. Um, so this show, I mean, <sighs> it, what did you think of it, Kate? I really liked it, even though a lot of the parts were disturbing or scary spooky or scary. I found myself wanting to watch more of these episodes because the stories were so intriguing and and I just wanted more, but some of the, some of the, uh, the episodes, the image for the episodes were really freaking me out. The one after this is very scary looking. Um, so I might have to pick and choose, but yeah, I really like this show. Um, we rate, each show that we watch uh, for our Wednesday episodes on a scale of zero to 600. We got that number from one of the network's most popular shows, my 600 pound life. Um, so we have a wide range to, to rate it on. I, I would rate this. Um, I want to say just 600. Like I really liked it. I got, good. or maybe good. like 550. Like I thought it was good. Yeah, about you. I'm gonna give it. Um, I'm gonna give it 500. I think that I definitely want to watch more. I want to see more of these episodes, and I just like that there are, you know, people that deal in science and facts, especially you know, police officers that have to be so particular about what's going on and reporting on exactly what they're seeing to talk about something like this that's so otherworldly. It was brilliant. I I loved it. So yeah, I'm going to give Paranormal Emergency 500 points. Um, and guys, you can, 500 pounds, sorry. And you guys can go find that on ID channel, Discovery, whatever kind of app you have, you can download Discovery and check it out. It was good. It was good. It's very good for this time of year as well because we've got Halloween is approaching. Um, so I think it's a good show to watch for um, for the next couple of weeks as we get into Halloween. Um, all right. So that was that for this week. So it means that we need to head over to get another show from our Wheel of Shame. So, guys, let's head on over to our Wheel of Shame. Right, our wheel of shame guys it's so fabulous we are going through the wheel of shame as i've said before i definitely need to be adding to this i mean luckily you know we do know that tlc just green lights every every show that anybody comes to them with uh kate and i are in the process of pitching many a show um <laughs> we just need them to green light it so before you know it kate and i will have our own show about two podcasters wandering america trying to find what could we find kate maybe the 
we could do a podcast within a podcast. I don't know. Whatever it is, guys, we're going to end up on TLC. So fingers crossed. Just keep those things. And we'll be paid two bucks for it. Two bucks. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Kate, are you ready to get... I want another spooky show. What are you feeling? I could go spooky again. Um, I could go silly, silly relationship type stuff. Um, okay. But yeah, spooky would be fitting. We still, we're still in the Halloween season. We are. We are. So let's get going. We're going to spin this. Three, two, one. All right, it's going, it's going, it's going to find us a goodie. Come on, Wheel of Shame. Come on, Wheel of Shame. Come on, come on, come on, come on. Okay. Okay. What is it? We ask the Wheel of Shame. Now, the Wheel of Shame giveth, giveth, and the Wheel of Shame taketh. Sometimes it's given us some things that Kate and I didn't want to didn't want to do but we knew we had to do them then we're in spooky season and we want to we want to kind of wrap up spooky season for now even though spooky season is all year long for me but if you know with something that would be on theme and this is a show that it landed on that we actually added recently because it was so spooky vampires in america no way oh my gosh we landed on vampires in america we have done ufos we have done ghosts we have done poltergeists we have done everything (laughs) true crime killers we've done everything and we were just missing these and this is the show it's called vampires in america and if you know my association with these there is a lot, a lot, a uh, uh, monstrous amount of fear there. So um, I, this is perfect for next week. We're getting into Halloween week. It is perfect. Vampires <laughs> in America, guys. And by America, they do mean Arizona. Yeah. <laughs> it's yeah. all, it's all in Arizona. I just look, that's funny. I so. am so excited. I don't even yeah. re- I remember you picking this and telling us to put it on that. I can't remember the, the exact intricacies of it but I know it's going to be amazing. And we're going to learn about true Vs because guys, guess what? Vs do exist. They really do. Agreed. Agreed. Right. Agreed. Um, <laughs> no, actually guys, we should let you know. So this week, this is weird as well. We have for our um, Patreon members, our subscriber members, if you want to become a subscriber, dead easy, go into your feed right now, click on one of the episodes that has a lock next to it, sign up five bucks a month, five American dollars a month to get extra content from us. Uh, Extra content is twice a month. We are going to do a full episode where we dive into the weird, wonderful, strange, bizarre documentaries. And this week we are releasing our episode in which we cover the vampire killings, which is Rod Ferrell in 1995 murdered along with his coven of vampires so it's gonna be a doozy it's a documentary you can find for free on youtube we will put the link in our instagram uh tender loving care podcast you can go and watch it on youtube then sign up for five dollars a month um and you will be able to listen along as we talk about this documentary which is insane so it's true crime mixed with vampires mixed with with um paranormal and then we get this show for next week as well. So we got a lot going on, Kate. 
We do. Um, follow us um, on all our socials. Tender Loving Care Podcast is our handle on TikTok and Instagram. We kind of abandoned X because um, who's on there anymore? No one. Unclear. Unclear. And uh, like I said before, uh, go find us on YouTube if you want to see video versions of the podcast and subscribe to us there and tell a friend about the show. That's one of the best, easiest ways that we can grow is for you to just spread the word. It is. And I would also like to just say this is coming out on uh, Wednesday, the 25th, which is the very, very, very first birthday of Miss Millie Snell, my, my best friend in England's gorgeous darling angel baby so I want to say a massive happy birthday and dedicate this show to Millie Snell and um, I also just want to show you what I have next to me as I record that is uh, something Millie as you grow older and you listen to this as this is probably going to be archived obviously in halls of fame this podcast Um, but this is what your mother gave me photo of herself for one of my Christmases. So if you're on YouTube, you'll be able to go and check this out. But this is your mother. So uh, yeah, guys, <laughs> if you're listening to this, go to YouTube and check out what I'm showing the camera right now because this is Millie's mother and a hideous thing that she sent me for Christmas one year. But she gave birth to you, so I love her. So Katie and Adam, I love you. Millie, I love you. And happy birthday, sweet darling angel Millie. Mwah! Love yes, you. happy birthday. Oh, that's so amazing. Um, All right, guys, we will see you soon. We will be back on Friday to talk more vampires, more killing, and more Bravo. Have a fantastic rest of your week. Bye-bye. Bye. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.